calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. I want to take a second to tell you about a podcast I think you'll really like, Mayday. No one is prepared for disaster. No one knows exactly how they'll react in a plane crash, an earthquake, or when a lone gunman decides to open fire. On Mayday, you'll hear about the people who had to find out, people whose stories deserve to be heard. Join hosts Maya Nalani and Luke Welland as they tell you about extraordinary people who found themselves in extraordinary circumstances. Listen to Mayday wherever you get your podcasts. I'm the fixer, and this is my uh, 13th entry. Today was, how the hell do I describe what happened today? How does shit keep piling up like this? I mean, the entertainer being slaughtered like he was, and the cleaner losing his mind and messing up the crazy lady? Things aren't good. Things aren't good at all. And then the whole place going dark like it did. I'll be honest, man. Everything started scaring the living hell out of me. Especially right before Mystery came back, man. That was a crazy moment. That was the scariest moment of my life, I think. We were sitting there, in the kitchen, the seven of us, and the elevator started coming down, and everyone freaked the fuck out. I could tell even the communicator was real scared. She was holding her breath for, like, way too long. And Farm leaned over the table, ready to attack. He was like, get ready. I could tell Farm was scared, and that's bad. He's a big motherfucker. He has nothing to be scared of. It's, it's like we didn't even expect mystery to come out of there. We expected some kind of freaky monster or something. Or we thought, like, mystery had changed into a freaky monster in the dark. And you know, he did kind of change. It was mystery that came to fetch us, but it was also someone completely different. He even looked different. He had this black jumpsuit on. I'd never seen it before. He comes walking up to us in that cool black jumpsuit, and he's like, follow me. He says, follow me out of the darkness, or something like that. Six, the fixer.
We all got up without saying anything and just followed him back into the elevator. The cook was the only one who didn't want to go at first. I could see she thought about staying. But Teach said something to her, and then she did come along. Nobody else says a thing, you know? We're all quiet and just completely focused on mystery. It's like we see him for the first time. Well, we can't see shit because of the darkness, but I mean, you know what I mean. Everybody gets in the elevator. We're all cramped together. And then the doors open and we're in the garden room and the whole fucking room is so bright. It hurts my eyes, man. We've been living in the darkness for so long. Mystery gets out first and he says the same thing, you know, follow me and shit like that. He walks us all the way to the center of the garden room and the cone, it's, it's open on one side. There's a door. You couldn't see it at first, but now that someone opened it, you can. That was intense, man. There's more rooms in this world. That's some scary shit, but also exciting in a way, if you think about it. So the mystery walks all the way up to the black glass door, and he's like, please go inside and take a seat. And there's something about his voice, man. I go in first with the communicator and the cleaner, and it's a small room. You can't stand up straight till you reach the middle. There's four chairs in a row, then three in front of that, then two, and then there's one chair that's turned to face the other ones. I sit down on one of the four chairs and the cleaner sits next to me. The communicator walks up to the front to sit in one of the two chairs there. We just know what to do. You know, where to sit, like we've been there before. The last one to come in was Mystery. He closed the door behind him and all the sound from outside was like, blocked. It was good. It was like when you're in the shower and you can't hear anything anymore except for the water. I looked over a farm and he seemed excited also. He wasn't scared anymore, I think. Mystery walked up to the chair in the back and sat down. He was smiling and stuff. He was real happy. First, he sat there for a while and looked at us. Then, all of a sudden, he said, I am no longer the mystery function. Now, I am the preacher. Welcome back to truthcrusader.org, the only channel where nothing is more sacred than the truth. New developments on the DECA group scandal. Another three tapes have been leaked just over an hour ago, revealing incredible insight into the nature of the slow ship experiments. The DECA group whistleblower has leaked these last tapes after fleeing the WDU. Now, we can confirm he is a Western male who worked at the DECA mining complex before resigning from his position and returning to Earth sometime last year. The whistleblower has been formally charged with corporate espionage. DECA Group is taking steps to add high treason to the charges. If the Western High Court accepts these charges, punishment will be death. Now, we don't know if the whistleblower is holding any more tapes, but a first analysis of these recordings already revealed a lot of new information on DECA's true intentions.
Mystery smiled and said, This is the origin room. We are here to understand how everything is held together so that it won't fall apart again. Fuck, man. It was intense. He sat there, straight like a stick, facing all of us. And you could see he was made for this. This is his thing. Delivering this message he has. He said he had to break his silence so that he could help all ten of us to find our way again. The teacher was like, uh, hey man, there's only nine now. But Mystery was like, there's one person dead and there's one empty chair. But that doesn't mean there are nine people in this room. He said there's always ten of everything. Ten is the sacred number. And then he just smiled his brand new smile. That gave me goosebumps again, man. Out of confusion also, I think. He picked up his instructions and flipped to the final page. There's this symbol there, a triangle with ten dots in it. Four, then three, then two, and one on top. He said it's called the Deca symbol, and it's sacred. I also have that page in my instructions, so probably all of us do. But I never really looked at it or realized it meant something. He's like, the world is very simple, but it's very hard to see how simple it is because there's so much, like, distractions. But once you see it, it's everywhere, that shape. It's pretty cool, actually. Uh, I'm probably doing a bad job explaining it. That shape is important to understand, like, the world. Mystery talked about the way people live together as an example. Four of us do the work, like the hands. I'm one of those. Three make sure we can keep doing that, like a body. So that's the doctor and stuff. Two make sure we do it the right way. You know, the leader and the communicator. They're the head. And one of us is meant to remind us of, like, you know, why we do it. That's mystery. Put himself on top. That's pretty convenient, right? He's like the soul or whatever. And he kept giving examples like that, of how the world works. But basically, whoever wrote or drew that thing understood how everything ticks. And people tried to call bullshit, of course. The doctor or the teacher or whatever was like, but what about the rooms? There's nine rooms, including this new one. How does that fit the sacred Deca thingy? And he was like, one of the most important rooms, the one you use every day, has become invisible to you. The elevator. Counting the elevator, that makes ten rooms. That freaked me out for a second, man. Because if you add up all the rooms on each floor, you know, you get the thing. The communication room is on top, so that's one. Then one floor down, there's the room we were sitting in, and the garden room, so that's two. And if you keep going down like that, the whole thing, all ten rooms, is that same symbol again. Four, then three, then two, then one. Triangle. Pretty fucking freaky, right? literally everywhere. There's triangles in everything if you look for them. Someone was like, 
I think it was the leader, he was like, even if this is true, how does it help us? And mystery explained how not understanding stuff or not knowing what will happen is what makes people confused and what makes things fall apart. Mystery was like, you want to know who the killer is because you're afraid. And the leader said, uh, yeah. So Mystery asked, why are you afraid? So I was like, because we don't want to die, man. Mystery said, you don't want to die because you don't know what will happen after you die. That's what this is about. We're afraid of what we don't know or what we don't understand. And that's kind of true if you think about it. Mystery said that he does know. He said he knows because he understands the Deca symbol. The leader didn't like it though. He was like, yo, Mystery, if you understand everything, why are we in this room talking about the Deca symbol? Just tell us who murdered the entertainer so we can stop this person from killing more people. Mystery said the answer to that question solves nothing. It only adds to the chaos. So the doctor asked him what the right question was. What should we ask him instead? And Mystery said, who feels guilty for the murder without understanding why? Nobody said a thing. So Mystery repeated the question a few times. You know, real calm. Just sitting there, all patiently waiting. Nobody said anything, but he just kept going. He was like, who feels guilt that's like a, like a stone, like something heavy you drag around in your stomach? Who can't remember life without that feeling? And then he said, I can set you free. And that's when everyone started turning around in their seats. It was really weird. First, I thought they wanted me to do something or like expected me to lift up my hand or something. I don't feel guilty for any of this shit. Then I look to my left, the fucking farmer. My boy puts his hand up and he says, preacher, I am guilty. I was told to call this number. I was told you have my son. So that's how you're going to play this. Using a 14-year-old boy? That's the only way the strong and powerful FBI knows how to try and stop a simple bank-robbing couple? <laughs> Very creative, you guys are. Very resourceful. That boy isn't like his mom and dad, you know. He's way smarter. He's getting decent grades. That boy has a shot at a normal life. He acts tough like his daddy, but he doesn't belong in the system. 
Okay, so maybe he shouldn't have stolen that motorcycle and went riding it in town, and that might have been stupid, I admit that. But everybody does stupid shit when they're 14. Handing him over to Deco would be overdoing it just a bit, don't you think? Oh, but that's the whole point, of course. This is not about him. This is about his daddy, the Vault Man. You can't afford having the Vault Man running around and cracking open all the high-security vaults on the continent. I get that. That doesn't make you look good. But still, it's, it's pretty effed up to make me choose between my husband, who's also my partner in crime, and our kid. Some of you must secretly think this is effed up, right? <sighs> anyway, you won. You did it. I got the Vault Man for you. Go get the champagne. You've stopped Pascal's crew and ended my marriage right with it. At least, I think my marriage is over after what I did tonight. I... I left him somewhere. I left him somewhere and you can go and pick him up. I can't... I just can't imagine Farm murdered the entertainer. I can't imagine him cutting someone up and writing stuff in blood. I can't imagine him shoving a sleeve into someone's face until he chokes to death. It's just... There's too many steps to it. Too much like... Cold-ass planning. But then... What do I really know about him? I don't really know the farmer, do I? When I think about it for a while... What do I really know about anything? After Farm raised his hand and told us he was guilty, Mystery asked all of us to leave the comb. He would stay behind and talk to him. So we went downstairs to the kitchen and tried to eat. But no one did. We just kind of waited for what would happen next. The cook was very quiet. I always figured it was her who killed him. I thought it must have been. She's the weirdo that wants everyone to look at the glass walls in the kitchen and stuff. But now I don't even know anymore. The teacher said she was sure it must have been the farmer. She said she saw him that night. There was blood on his spare jumpsuit. To her, he basically admitted to doing it just now. The leader thought she was being too, like, literal about it. He thought it wasn't about guilty as in guilty of murder. According to him, Mystery had asked who felt guilt, just like all the time, without knowing what made you feel guilty in the first place. That made the cook turn into her crazy self again. She kept saying she recognized Mystery. She said he was actually, uh, what did she call him? The Revenant. I don't know what that means. The cleaner thanked for dinner and said he needed to rest. He walked into the entertainment. Right when he was gone, the elevator starts rumbling again. Everybody went quiet. When the doors opened, the farmer came out first. I thought he was alone. I thought it was just him. But then he walked up to the table, and in the light, I could suddenly see Mystery standing right behind him. Very close behind him. You know, like like he was part of his shadow now. I know your guy said I was supposed to bring him to that place to trade him. I hope for your sake that you already figured I wouldn't show up there tonight. Instead, we did one last crypto vault together, him and I. 
I had to get my getaway stash in order. I'm sure you'll understand. Of course, my dear husband had no clue what I was up to. He had no idea that it would be our last hit together. While we drove our van into the bank's parking lot, he was joking about doing the job with a blindfold on. He was in a great mood. I almost told him what was happening. I almost couldn't keep it to myself. But then I reminded myself of that little bright boy you guys threw in a cage, and I knew I had no choice but to betray him. He was right. It was an easy job. The place was entirely above ground, no guards, and we only had to get through one door to reach the vault. So I wiped the security system, and my love starts doing his magic on the vault door. And I watched him. It's my job to keep doing rounds, but I couldn't resist watching him work one more time. Sometimes I still can't figure him out. Such a simple man, but also the only one who can open those doors. While he got to the final stage of cracking it open, I thought about the only time I had ever seen him scared. I've been thinking about that moment a lot. It happened a few years prior, right after we got a big job. We were just sitting in a sweaty motel room, laying low. It was really hot out, and we didn't have an AC, but we had just done the hit, and we had to stay inside. I was watching a bad movie, trying to forget the heat, when suddenly he sat up straight and started screaming. I must have fallen asleep, but I didn't know that. I pulled my gun and everything. I hadn't ever seen him like that. I asked him what happened, and he said he had a bad dream. In his dream, he had just opened a vault, but the second he walked in to get the loot, someone sneaked up behind him and closed it shut. He was so scared. First, I didn't understand. But then he explained how he was able to get to the vault's inner workings from the outside, but from the inside it was impossible. So closing and locking the door while he was in there meant he would never be able to get out, even if he had just cracked it open himself. I had to calm him down. I had never seen him like that. I have to go now. If you want the vault, man, go to the Xeno Vault Complex in Massachusetts. If you go there and you open the main vault, you'll find him inside. He's all yours. He's probably pissed off real bad. He has a bad temper. But please be gentle with him. Only two hours ago, his wife made his worst nightmare come true. Just explain to him how he helped get our boy back on the straight and narrow. That should make him understand. That's the only place in the world even he can't break into. Farmer just stood there for a while, looked around the table. Nobody really knew what to say, you know? What was supposed to happen next? And the farmer said, I pledge to be silent until I see and understand. Then he just sat down and started eating. It's fucking intense, man. 
I know I keep saying that, but stuff keeps being fucking intense. And he didn't sound like the farmer either. He sounded like someone else almost. I was like, farm, what's up, man? What did you guys talk about? And he looked at me and just repeated the same thing. I pledge to be silent until I see and understand. The cook got mad, like for real. She asked Mystery what he had done, what trick he had used to fuck the farmer up. Mystery was like, I didn't use any trick. The farmer wanted to understand the truth about this world, and now he will. I got mad a little bit as well, man. I wanted to know how someone becomes a weird tape recording by talking about the truth. That doesn't make sense to me. Mystery explained that Farm had taken the pledge. Mystery had told Farm the truth about everything he said. In return, the farmer would be silent to think about what he had learned. He would be silent until he completely understood the truth. That way, he could become free from fear and guilt and stuff like that. Someone was like, now we'll never know if you killed the entertainer. And that's kind of true. Mystery, like, saved him from having to confess to anything. But Mystery ignored all of that, just said, if anyone wants to know all the answers to their questions, if anyone wants to understand why they feel the way they do, I'll be waiting for you in the origin room. Fuck, man. And then the cook got up and did the same thing. Well, kind of. She started saying that she wanted to begin a group of her own, a group where not one person has like, you know, knows how everything works. But you go looking for answers together. That's her thing. First admitting that you don't know how stuff works. But she said you weren't allowed to join her group if you went to talk to Mystery first. You had to choose her first. Mystery just went back into the elevator, like nothing had happened. But shit has happened, in a very fucked up way as well. Basically, we're forced to pick sides. We were cut in half. And I have to pick a side now, right? I'm the fixer, and this is my 14th entry. So, the teachers join the cook. That's no surprise, they're homies. But Leader has joined the mystery function. I didn't feel like he was into the mystery stuff. He seemed really critical. That makes you think, right? Maybe there is something to it, to the mystery's answers. I come down for breakfast this morning and I'm thinking about the night before. Me and the teacher had banged, so, you know, I was thinking about that. I came down and I wanted my sex badge. Anyway, I walk into the kitchen and the leader's at the table. The cook's real aggravated. She's like, we have to do something about this. She says it to me, but only because I'm the first one to walk in. So I'm like, uh, what happened? As she asks the leader, leader, what happened? And he just smiles and says the thing. He had done the thing, the, the pledge. He says, I pledge to be silent until I see and understand. And then he sits down and keeps smiling. It's weird. This pledge thing is like an invisible thing that's slowly taking more people. It's 
It's spreading. There must be something to it then, right? So I asked the cook, what do you think happens to those people when they go in there? What does he tell them that makes them go silent? And she freaks out a bit, you know. She thinks I want to go in there with him and take the pledge. She's like, don't fall for it, it's a trap. But you know, I thought about this stuff all day. And now that I think about it more, maybe it's true that everybody feels things they don't understand. I certainly do. I feel anger. I'm real mad, but I don't know at who. And if everyone is feeling stuff like that, without completely understanding why, shouldn't we go and find out why that is? There must be a reason, right? I know the cook is all about talking and figuring stuff out together. She's trying to make people feel safe, I get that. But I just want to know what Mystery has to say to me, you know? I don't want to take the pledge or anything like that. I just want to talk for a bit and ask him if he can explain to me why I feel like I do. That's all. Nothing else, man. Just, just a conversation. That'll be fine, right? I am the fixer, and this is my 15th entry. I pledge to be silent until I see and understand. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the roll of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. 